Well, today I want to get into a message about water baptism. So we finished up our series here the other day, but we're going to talk about water baptism today because we have a water baptism service coming next weekend. And for those who have not yet been water baptized and want to be, that's going to be happening next weekend. So I'm going to share the message about it this weekend so that people can be prepared and those who want to can sign up for it. Uh, but I want to make sure everybody understands it clearly, and that way, if you haven't yet uh, been baptized, you can. But uh, so where you get baptized doesn't really matter, and we're going to talk about it. it's the importance of your heart and it, that you understand why you're being baptized that really matters, so not how or where. But water baptism, what is it? The word baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means to immerse or dip. To baptize something then means to completely submerge it in a liquid. In a biblical sense, to baptize a person in water means to put that person completely under the water, then immediately raise them up again. According to the Bible, water baptism is a symbolic act whereby a new Christian identifies with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Water baptism is a public profession of a person's repentance and faith in Jesus Christ and a way of giving outward testimony to an inward work of God. So this baptism is a way for someone who has accepted Christ to publicly declare, I'm one of his now. But it's also symbolic in the sense that as someone goes down under the water, it's the picture of the old life being buried, and they come back up, and it's typical to the resurrection of Jesus, the new life beginning. Okay, so that's why we don't leave people under the water. We bring them back up, okay? Everybody good with that? Okay, good thing for resurrection, right? <laughs> it's important. All right, now, in Scripture, we actually can read a lot about baptism and why it's important. We know that Jesus himself was baptized in water by John the Baptist. And he actually says he needed to be baptized. But let's read that story from Matthew chapter 3 and verse 13. It says, then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you come to me. But Jesus answered, let it be so now for this. It is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. And coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So Jesus was submerged in water, and uh, obviously in the River Jordan. Now, if you've ever seen pictures or been, it almost looks like a creek for what we're used to here in uh, Canada. We have lots of bodies of water, but they call it the River Jordan. And that, that would be where he was baptized. Again, location wasn't so important. But the fact that Jesus said, I need to be baptized. And it was a symbolic picture of him saying, okay, I'm laying down my personal desires, my plans, and I'm going to come up, I'm going to do whatever the Lord wants. And the Holy Spirit actually came on him and led him from that time on. <clears throat> so water baptism is important. We also read that Jesus, excuse me, and the disciples baptized many. And that's in John chapter 3 and verse 22. And then we'll read a little bit in chapter 4 as well. Verse 22 says, 
Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there, baptizing people. And chapter 4, 1 to 3. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. But yet Jesus himself didn't baptize, but his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. So Jesus and the, his disciples were also uh, praying for people. You remember some of the stories, praying for people that were sick and they're healed. He's teaching them and baptizing them in water because it was significant to those who were saying, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. Acts chapter 8 and verse 26, we read of Jesus' disciples baptizing people after Jesus was seated with the Father in heaven. And verse 26 says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet, and then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come and sit with him. And the place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before his shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. And in his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth, beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Now, let me just take a little break there in the reading. He talks to him about Jesus, so obviously in his discussion and talk about who Jesus is, that he's the Savior of the world, that uh, he came and he died on that cross to forgive sin, and anybody can follow him. Anybody can believe in him. And obviously, in that discussion, he mentioned water baptism. Because Philip, as soon as he saw water, said, perfect, here's water. In other words, I believe. I'm ready to publicly confess that I believe. And that was the purpose of baptism. Verse 37, then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. So Philip goes in the water with this man, and puts him down under the water and brings him back up. When he brings him back up, Philip disappears. The angel of the Lord takes him somewhere else. Now, I would like to say today, so that nobody's worried, we have never had anyone disappear when we're baptizing, okay? So it's safe, I promise. Now, obviously, the person getting baptized didn't disappear, but uh, Philip did. 
I don't know about you, but that would might be a little crazy if something like that happened, right? A few people would be like, I don't want to be baptized here ever again. Anyhow, it happened in this story in Scripture because God was leading Philip somewhere else. You know, the really interesting thing about this story, Philip was actually in a city having a huge revival. Many, many people coming to Christ, many healings. The entire city basically began to serve God. And while that was happening, basically, I guess God said, it's done, your part's done. He says, go, I've got one person that I'm concerned about out on this desert road. And Philip had to listen and go. Because you see, serving God isn't about the crowd. It isn't about popularity or just as long as I have the most action. It's about following his direction for people. Because every person matters to him. Every person is important. And if God leads you to talk to the one, talk to the one. If he leads you to talk to many, talk to many. And Philip was obedient and went. And God did a mighty work. And God said, good, yours is done. Now I'm taking you somewhere else. And he listened and he followed. Well, I don't think he really had a choice the second time around. <laughs> he just was taken. Whew, now that's some leading, right? Anyhow, Acts 9 and verse 17 is another story where we see uh, baptism is important. And this is actually the story of Saul, also known as Paul. And verse 17, it says, Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So Saul, you need to know a little bit about the backstory. He was actually someone who came against God's people. He was actually throwing them in prison and really angry at them. He felt that they were completely wrong, and he knew better. And in Jerusalem, he had permission to throw as many in jail as he wanted. And then he decided, well, this isn't enough. I want to go even further out to other outlying areas and throw these terrible Christians in prison. And he got permission to do it. And he was on his way to get some more when he had an encounter or a meeting with Jesus. You see, Jesus himself met him on the road and knocked him to the ground. And the bright light that he saw caused him to become blind. Now he is led by the hand blind. And God sends one of those Christians that he hated and was actually trying to throw in prison. To come to him. To pray for him for healing. And for him to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When this happens, Saul or Paul realizes he was wrong and he does a complete 180 from living wrong and coming against Christians to suddenly now wanting to be one of them and lead many to Christ. You see, he went from throwing Christians in prison to be willing to go to prison to see more people become Christians. That's a 180. And it happened with a meeting, a meeting of Christ. Now, he wasn't looking for that meeting, but obviously there were people praying that something would be done. Are you willing to pray for that? Are you willing to pray that 
God would speak to our leaders, that God would meet with them and change their hearts. Sometimes we get angry at leaders and we just wish they could be gone. But maybe our prayer should instead be, Lord, change. Meet with them. Turn them into someone who works for you. I asked this last night, how many of you uh, ever played on a sports team? Uh, soccer, any kind of team, hockey, sure. And did you ever remember you're playing on a team and the other team has that one person that you just don't like because they always win? They're like maybe even annoying and you, you almost you dislike them a lot whenever you meet that team, but yet you'd be totally fine if they were on your team because then you'd win. Does anybody remember that in school or wherever you played? Yes. Well, guess what? The Lord is in the habit of taking those kind of rough, annoying people and putting them on his team. He doesn't have a hard time doing that. Did you know that? So, instead of trying to defeat or destroy someone with your words, how about pray that God changes them and puts them on your team? But in life, in what God's given us, there is nobody too nasty for his team. Nobody. And some of those ones that we think are the most hopeless, God can use the most. Because often they feel they have nothing to lose. They're willing to do anything God asks. So pray for them to join our team. All right. Acts 16 and verse 14. Another story of a group of people who, after they believed, got baptized. And it says, Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. So Lydia and her house got saved and immediately they're baptized. So I just want you to see as we look through this that baptism is something that they all took part in after they believed in Christ. So baptism is important, it's in God's word, and it is for believers. All right, we are commanded as followers of Christ to share the gospel and baptize those who believe in Christ. So we're talking about why do we do baptism, what's it about? We are actually told in Scripture to baptize people. And the baptism that we read about here is the baptism of putting someone under the water and bringing them back up. Mark 16 and verse 15 says this. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And then Matthew 28 verse 19 <clears throat> says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So you see, as believers, we are actually told to go and tell others about the good news, see them come to Christ, and water baptize them. So that's why we 
put the big tank up here, and we do water baptisms for people who have accepted Christ and are ready to make that public confession. So water baptism is something we were asked to do. Now, baptism is an outward sign that says to others, I'm a Christian, I'm not ashamed of Christ, and I will serve Jesus in newness of life. Now, water baptism is something that I've been blessed to be a part of for many years, and actually my father-in-law used to do water baptisms often, and uh, he would usually do meetings in tents, so big tent meetings with the big tent in different northern areas, and his meetings would go for quite a few days, and then at some point, after people have been accepting Christ, he'd say, okay, we've got to set up a baptism tank. But he would just make his own out of plywood and two-by-six and uh, glue, and uh, then we'd find a garden hose, and we'd fill that thing up, and if water started leaking out, we'd get ratchet straps, and we would just hold that thing together as long as people could be baptized. And often the water was really cold, so all the baptisms were exciting. <laughs> but I remember uh, one time he shared a story about water baptism years ago. And I, I knew the two ladies who were baptized. They were baptized as teenagers. And he baptized them. They had a meeting. These two teenage girls got saved and said, well, we need a water baptism. But the thing is, it was December. And uh, he decided they're going to have water baptism in the creek. So he went out there and he chopped the hole through the ice and got in there and baptized these two teenage girls. These two teenage girls serve the Lord today. They have never backslidden, and I'm positive it's because they don't want to get baptized a second time. I just, that's, that's what I think. Once was good. But uh, so he was like that. He just knew baptism was important, that confession of your faith, no matter how. I, I asked about the bathtub because he also did uh, baptize people in a bathtub before and that time he was up in uh i think it may have been alaska but it was somewhere up there in the winter where you're not going to chop through the ice because it's you know they drive on it is so thick but anyhow they had baptism in a tub the point is i'm accepted christ and yes i want to make that public commitment so however wherever the key again is the heart of the person do they yes i do believe and yes i'm ready to tell others okay Baptism is that outward sign, and it shows we're not ashamed. And yes, I understand the newness of life, that's why I'm doing this. So Romans 6 and verse 3 says, Have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives." Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. All right, so we become joined with Christ in baptism. And we have that picture of the old life going, the new life raised up in him. Galatians 3 and verse 27 says this. It says, All who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ. Like putting on new clothes. There's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, 
You are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham's belong to you. So with baptism, it is something that unites us with Christ, but also causes us to realize in him we're all the same. Now, what do I mean by that? No matter whether you're rich, whether you're poor, no matter what your race, no matter if you're a man or a woman, you all go through baptism the same way. Each and every one of us that accepts Christ and makes that public confession will go under the water just the same. So it has that picture of, in Him, we're no different. Okay, In Him, the same things apply to each of us, no matter where we're from. We asked last night the different places people were from, you know, no matter where you're from, but I just got to ask and think about it, how many different places we're from, yet we're all the same in Him. It's, it's good. But yet in Christ, we're all one. We're the same, and we can join together with no anger or hate for each other, with no, oh, you're not like me. You're exactly like me, because we've come through Christ, and He's made us one in him. Wow, that is really neat to see so many different backgrounds and cultures. God puts us together. He makes us one through baptism. Romans 1.16 says this, I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. So we are not ashamed and uh, we trust that, hey, I don't I'm not ashamed to let people know I'm a Christian. You can't actually be a Christian if you're trying to hide it, right? The whole idea of being as a Christian is that I want the light to shine. I want people to know God's love, all right? So part of this baptism is, okay, here we go. I'm not ashamed. I'll let others know. Listen to Mark 8, verse 34. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower... You must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So here he's just saying, we don't need to be ashamed and we should never be ashamed that we're a Christian. It should not be something we hide and baptism is a great example of, okay, here we go, I'm going to do it. Now also when you think about water baptism, you can't be proud. You see, this verse talked about losing your life for his sake. It simply means you choose, okay, it's not all about me anymore, it's about him. You put pride aside. You have to be humble. And to be water baptized, you probably, if you're really proud, you're not going to do it. Because the thing about water baptism is when they put you under that water and bring you back up, your hair is going to be a mess. You know, you're going to be wet. Okay, so you can't have pride. You get the picture though, right? No matter what, you're going to humble yourself and say, it doesn't matter to me. The most important thing to me right now is that I'm letting people know I am a Christian. And so that is what water baptism allows us to do. The Pharisees actually refused John's water baptism 
And I believe it was probably because of pride. They felt they already knew everything. They were in this position like, don't tell me what to do. This is the way we've always done it. We're not going to change. And their pride stopped them from moving ahead. Look at Luke chapter 7 and 29. When they heard this, all the people, even the tax collectors, agreed that God was right. God's way was right. For they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and experts in religious law rejected God's plan for them, for they had refused John's baptism. And also Matthew chapter 3 and verse 7. It says, But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptized, he denounced them. This is John the Baptist. He said, You brood of snakes, who warns you to flee this coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you've repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. So the Pharisees and Sadducees refused to be baptized or to receive the message from John the Baptist or from Jesus. And it was because of pride. Because they felt they already knew better. And they refused to receive it. They refused to step in. You see, they came to John's meetings, if you will. They showed up at Jesus' big gatherings where people were being healed, but they didn't show up to receive. They showed up to criticize and look for what was wrong. So pride stopped them from receiving and definitely stopped them from ever being water baptized. Now, when we look at water baptism, I can see only a few reasons why someone who's a believer would not think they should be baptized. So I just want to look at those just to clear them up. Now, someone may say, well, I don't think I want to be baptized, maybe because they don't understand the significance of it. But you see, what we've read today, you know, okay, water baptism is important if I'm a believer. Another reason someone may who's, you know, they've accepted Christ and prayed the prayer, but they're thinking, I don't know if I want to be water baptized, is maybe because they really aren't sure that they believe and want to follow Christ. I have seen this happen before, and, you know, someone says the prayer, they're coming to church, they're, this is good, but now they really do understand, I'm going to go up in front of everybody, and I'm saying my old life is past, and I'm willing to move forward with Christ, and all of a sudden they get nervous about it. Because they weren't really sure that they want to give up those things that are not okay. And they actually do understand, oh, baptism means I'm going to follow the way Christ wants. And I'm not preaching about what's the sinful things here today or not. But I can tell you this, when you get baptized, you're saying yes to Christ. You're going to have to allow him to speak to your heart. And if you know there's something that doesn't please him that you're doing, then let it go. Put it aside. That's the best way to live. It's not about, do I have to memorize how many rules? And do I got to memorize, you know, what's this and that? It could take forever. No, no, you don't have to memorize anything. Just say, Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. If I'm doing anything that you don't approve, that doesn't please you, show me how to do it different. And he will. So that could be a reason. So I just fixed that one. Just uh, go ahead and be water baptized if you haven't yet. Now, another reason, and this is actually one that a gentleman reminded me of last night, sometimes 
Someone who's become a Christian doesn't get water baptized because they say, well, I was baptized as a baby. And so they feel that that means it's done. Now, infant baptism and the water baptism that we're talking about are two different things. This baptism that we're talking about, when you become a believer, you have to be old enough to understand what salvation is and to receive it for yourself. So I'm not saying anything against infant baptism or, uh, uh, you know, how that's done. People have done that, and in a way, they're, they're wanting to bless their babies and ask God's protection over them, so they do infant baptism, and that's super. Nothing wrong with that. But the baptism we're talking about is scripturally a baptism when you're old enough to believe. So if you've been infant baptized, and then now you've come to accept Christ, then you should get water baptized in this way, because this is the profession or the confession to those around you. Your friends, your family, and you're able to say, I've chosen to believe now at this age. Okay, so it doesn't do away with uh, infant baptism, uh, for those, you know, it doesn't mean you did something wrong, your parents did something wrong, not at all. But this baptism we're talking about is for when you believe. So go ahead and uh, be baptized if you haven't at an age where you understood and accepted Christ. And actually the gentleman who mentioned it to me is because he got baptized here, and for many years he thought, well, I don't need to, I was when I was an infant. And he said then something he heard in the scripture with one of the messages he was like, wait a minute, I do and I want to. And so we, we did baptize him here. I remember, because he's the tallest guy we've baptized, and he almost didn't fit in the tank. But anyhow, uh, it's good. One other reason possibly that someone may not want to be baptized, but they've accepted Christ, is that they might be afraid uh, you know, of going under the water. And this is one that's actually happened more than once in the years when I've seen people baptized, they really have a desire, but they have a fear of water, a real fear. And I remember uh, another couple here at our church, uh, a couple of years back, the wife wanted to be water baptized, and every time baptism would come, uh, they'd back out at the last minute, and I'd never know why. And finally, after talking, I found out she's terrified of water. So she really wanted to, and every time it got close, the fear got too much. And uh, so we talked it through and came up with a plan. And I said, here's the thing. Your husband can be in the tank with you. And that way you don't have to be afraid because he's not going to drop you. Now, by the way, I've never dropped anybody in the tank. And uh, as I told him last night, uh, Pastor Bruce usually helps with the baptisms. And he's never dropped anybody either. So uh, it goes really, really well. But that is a real thing. So if you haven't been water baptized and you have a fear of water, we can pray with you and bless you and you will be saved. I promise. All right. So why should we get baptized? I'm just going to kind of go sum it up what we've talked about because I think possibly most of us are water baptized here, but maybe there's one or two that aren't. I want you to know, hey, it's available. We're doing it next weekend. And if you've accepted Christ, you asked him to forgive you and come in your life, you can make this public uh, confession. And you don't have to be perfect before you get water baptized. Uh, I had someone who thought that, well, they were going to get water baptized, but first they wanted to quit this and fix this and do this. No, 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 no. This is a public confession. God will work on you as you move forward. Okay, so don't wait to be baptized when everything's perfect. All right. 
I have not baptized a single perfect person, just in case you're wondering. Okay. It's like, Pastor, don't say stuff like that. Well, it's true. Okay. Why should we get baptized? Because Jesus was baptized and we follow his example. Why should we get baptized? Because Jesus commanded followers to make disciples and baptize them. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Another reason, baptism causes us to deny and humble ourselves as we publicly do something that the world might consider foolish. Baptism publicly shows our willingness to follow and be identified with Christ. Baptism is also a joyful experience that outwardly portrays the old person dying and the new person rising to life. And finally, during baptism, there is opportunity to believe for God for being filled with the Holy Spirit and much more. When we do water baptism, it really is a joyful time. Uh, the musicians will be doing some singing here next weekend when they're baptized. It's exciting. It's that public time where people get to see and there's rejoicing in it. And you know, I believe also that the angels rejoice as they see people take that step of water baptism. If you're wondering, well, what do you do at the water baptism? What do I need to do to be prepared for this? Well, one thing, when we baptize, we just ask the person, you know, have you been saved? Did you accept Christ? Yes. And do you understand what water baptism means? And they can answer with a yes. Some people that aren't shy, we will ask them if they would, you know, want to tell about when they accepted Christ and they can do that, uh, but we don't make people do that. Uh, also, before water baptism, you should invite friends and family so that they can witness and celebrate with you. And finally, take time to remember how you came to Christ and take that opportunity to tell others. And what should you bring to a water baptism? No floaty toys needed, okay? No life jacks needed either. But you should bring some casual clothes for the water baptism. We usually say, you know, bring some dark, wear something dark, so like a dark t-shirt. You can wear dark shorts or pants, it's up to you. And then bring a towel to dry off and a change of clothes. It's about that simple. And how do we water baptize here? Most of you have seen, but if you haven't, we have the big tank set up here. We have a step where you can get in, two people on either side of you. We ask you those questions. We get you to put your hand on your nose. And then we say, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Put you under the water. And we always bring you back up. So it is good. Uh, it doesn't take long, just that long. And it is an amazing, joyful time. So we want to encourage you, if you haven't been water baptized and you want to be, you've got to let one of us know so we can get your name down uh, or show up with prepared and ready and let us know the day of as well. And you will be blessed.